Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, at the end of this month, we're having our Referfest on October 30th. There's more information in the back of your bulletin about that event. And also, we will have uh, tickets on sale in the Narthex following worship today. Uh, also, this coming next weekend, I will be away, but we will have uh, Pastor Jim Oster coming to do both of our services and a Bible study for all of us. I believe you, if you were here during the summer, he, he helped out uh, one time when I was also on vacation. So uh, I hope you enjoy his message to all. The Old Testament reading for this, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the first and second chapters of Habakkuk. The oracle that Habakkuk, the prophet, saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. So he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. This is the epistle reading is from the first chapter of 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, 
For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins... Rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When Jesus was speaking with his disciples today, Jesus wanted them to look after each other. And the best way they could do this was to constantly forgive one another. This is what Jesus said. If your brother sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. We know forgiving someone can be a hard thing to do. Forgiving someone for the same sin is even harder. And then Jesus says something that almost seems impossible. Jesus said, if someone sins against you seven times in a day over the same sin, and this person turns to you and repents seven times, Jesus said, you must forgive him. Is it any wonder the disciples thought this was so impossible to do that they said to Jesus, increase our faith. If someone were to sin against us on one occasion, and they are repentant, then I hope we would forgive them. That's the right thing to do, isn't it? That's the Christian thing to do. But then someone may sin against us twice. Do we forgive them? Do we not forgive them? Let's say we do forgive them, even though they committed the same sin against us twice. That's very generous. 
Now, your friends might think you're being foolish, that the person's just going to do it again. And maybe they will. Who knows? But Jesus laid out a scenario today in which someone sins against us, repents, we forgive them, and then they keep doing it over and over again, seven times. I don't know if any of us would forgive someone seven times over the same sin. Just imagine a situation where someone commits the same sin against you seven times in one day. Now, I know there are a ton of sins someone could commit against you, but what if it was something simple? For example, what if you have a neighbor who's not very good at keeping their car on their driveway? So when they come home and pull in, their car tire accidentally comes into your yard, tears up some grass before it jumps back up onto their driveway. And you look out and you see your yard's messed up, so... You confront your neighbor about this. And they say, I'm so sorry. It was an accident. I won't do it again. Great. It was an honest mistake. They won't do it again. You forgive them. Everything's fine. But all that night, your neighbor is stewing over the fact that you confronted them. Your neighbor didn't like that you came over and talked to them about this. The neighbor thought that you should have just left well enough alone. It was an accident. So when your neighbor comes home from work the next day, they purposely drive into your yard, not just skimming a bit of your grass. No, they basically just drive straight through your yard. They pull up clumps of grass and chunks of mud that are now all over your yard and even all over your neighbor's driveway. Well, after seeing the mess they made, taking a few minutes to think about what they just did, your neighbor feels horrible about it. They turn off their car, come over to your house, and confess everything. In fact, you even see some tears in their eyes. So when they say they are sorry, you of course say, I forgive you. How could you not? They're getting ready to cry. But then the very next day, your neighbor is still upset about the whole matter. They still don't like that you called them out on something they did. So wouldn't you know it? When they pull into their driveway, they... Miss their driveway again, tear up the grass, dirt gets splattered on the yard, it's a mess again. And again, the neighbor parks the car, turns it off, and once again, they're so upset with what they did. They are honestly so upset with how weak they were. So upset with themselves that they let a little bit of anger get the best of them. So yet again, they walk across the yard, knock on your door, and this time, they're sobbing. They're so sorry for what they did, clearly repentant. You kind of scratch your head. It's a bit of a weird situation. However, you forgive your neighbor. But you are starting to worry about your neighbor at the same time. This is not normal, is it? 
This is not a normal situation for a neighbor to keep driving through your yard. And you're right. It is not normal, is it? It would not be normal for a neighbor to keep driving through your yard, would it? It would not be normal. For a neighbor to keep being sorry for the same sin over and over again, it would not be normal. And yet, this is exactly what God deals with day in and day out with us. When you come knocking on God's door, sorry for your sin, he forgives you. And when you show up at God's door again over the same sin, which we've all done before, God never says to you, go away, I already forgave you for that sin. Why are you here again? Jesus would never do that to you. Even if you showed up seven times in one day over the same sin, repentant every single time. When Jesus was speaking with the disciples today, he told them this story, which is a bit over the top. And it is supposed to be a bit over the top. If your brother sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The disciples knew this was a hard thing Jesus was asking. The disciples knew they would not only have trouble doing this, but they would also probably not be able to do this. To forgive someone seven times in one day over the same sin. The disciples knew they needed Jesus to do something so great that it would forgive sins like this. The disciples knew they needed Jesus to do something so amazing that it would be able to forgive all sins. Even the type of sin that may be repeated seven times in one day. And thank God, Jesus did. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for every single sin in the world. One sacrifice for all sin. And Jesus even died for the repeat offenses. Jesus died for all of us who not only sin against him every day, but sometimes commit the very same sin, sometimes seven times in one day. We may not see a neighbor do this against us, but I bet we do see us doing this against God, don't we? And for all of us, Jesus died on the cross. He died for all of us who constantly steer our lives over the border of God's commandments. Jesus died on a cross for us 
who show up at God's door crying, sincerely repentant. And Jesus forgives us. And when we show up at his door crying again over the same sin, sincerely repentant again, Jesus forgives us again. Jesus does not want us to actively sin or to commit the same sin over and over again. No, not at all. But when we do sin, when we sin every day, repeatedly every day, it's Jesus who's there to forgive you. Jesus does not get tired of you knocking on his door, crying for yet another time that you've sinned and need forgiveness. In fact, Jesus will never get upset with you coming to him for forgiveness. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus wants. Jesus wants you to always knock on his door. And believe me, he is ready at that door to forgive all of your sins. In fact, we might as well just camp out on Jesus' front porch because that's where we Christians need to be every day. We need to be close to Jesus who is always ready to forgive us of all of our sins. And if Jesus can forgive so much from us, can't you find it in your hearts to also forgive your neighbor? If Jesus can forgive us so many times every single day of our lives, can't we also share that same forgiveness with your coworker or friend? Share forgiveness with your brother or sister or cousin. Share that same forgiveness with your mom or dad, daughter or son. You don't need greater faith to do that. No, you just need Jesus. And you have Jesus. You have Jesus who offered himself on the cross for the forgiveness of every single one of your sins. And now you can share that with others in this world as well. I think the greatest witness a Christian can give in this world is not with a lot of lofty words or wise sayings greatest witness a Christian can give is in forgiving one another just as Christ, through Christ, God the Father forgave you, sometimes even forgiving you seven times in one day. If God can do so much for us, surely we can also share that same forgiveness with our neighbor. Amen. Now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.